Jaden. I'm ready to Good morning, everybody. Excuse me. Good morning. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome those who are worshiping with us uh, online. Say hello to us and remind us where you are. It's good to be worshiping the Lord with you today, and uh, I welcome you. I got a couple of announcements. And, um, well, first of all, let me say thank you to Miss Catherine and to all the volunteers for having such an awesome vacation Bible school last week. Can we give them a hand? Yes, and uh, we're gonna, y'all going to sing? Okay, they're going to sing a song for us in just a minute. You're going to see how awesome they are. So a uh, lot of volunteers to make that happen, a lot of donations, a lot of uh, work, but it was so, mo so worth it. And I also want to announce that uh, this coming week is going to be uh, Youth Service Week, and so you'll see Pastor Andy and the youth running around. The youth were like on it last week. They were helping with Vacation Bible School too, so hats off to them. Uh, our mission focus this week is to collect socks and underwear for the clothes closet. You'll see some red buckets uh, around, and um, so we're collecting those for the, for the clothes closet. Sometimes you don't think about that. People donate clothes and everything. New and in the package, please. New and in the package. Okay. Just making sure everybody understands that. All right. And then the final uh, announcement is today... After the 11 o'clock service, I want to invite all of you to come to the gym and have a party with us. Uh, there, we're having some lunch today. Pastor Andy and I are always ready for a party. Apparently, we're the guests of honor, Andy. So, uh, so come, and we would like to uh, say uh, hello to you and give you a hug or whatever. So come and join us. Will you pray with me? Lord, help us to focus our mind and our attention and our hearts on you to listen to what you would say to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We stand and worship.
You may be seated. So before we show a Vacation Bible School video, I have to let you know, in the youth program here, for many, many, many years, there was a strong tradition at the youth group. Now, this person may be a grown-up now, but it's still a youth group tradition when this person walks in a room. Am I right, Carmen? Do you know what we're going to say? Malone's here, everybody! <laughs> I think Sheila's trying to tell me something. Oh, yeah, 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 Malone's here. It's a tradition. So if you're new to the church, when you see Malone, you just yell Malone's here, all right? So, um, and now we have a video from Vacation Bible School, everybody.
Y'all, how awesome are the kids? Yeah. And how awesome are the volunteers that helped? I saw some of you in the video. I saw Jacob back there in the video. Um, so I think to close out the service later, we're going to have Michael McKibben do that song Hero Hotline with the rap in it and the motions. That'd be awesome. You want to see that? All right. So um, I want to show you some pictures up here. We had something else happen last week. Here they are. The Thornburgs are baptized and merit, and I think we're going to see them. How awesome is this? And it's like the greatest place to be baptized, too. So this is a celebration, a celebration. Um, Pastor Sam and I will be doing baptisms the next two Sundays in Honolulu, if anybody would like to be baptized there. All right, so um, this is a time of the service where they come with our prayer concerns and also a time of tithe and offering. Um, offerings can help continue awesome ministries like Vacation Bible School here at the church. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we pray for every tithe, every gift uh, that is given, that it will be used for your kingdom. We also thank you, God, for the gifts of service. We pray that you'll continue to use all the gifts of people's time and service here in this church and in the community. We pray that you'll continue to use this place and these people to do great things. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
How awesome is the praise band here? They're amazing, aren't they? They're incredible. So today we're talking about following Jesus, which that's what you do at church, Pastor Sam. You talk about following Jesus. So uh, I'm, I don't know if you noticed, but me and Pastor Sam have been together here at the church for five years, I think. And that's what we've talked about the whole time, following Jesus. So that's what we're going to talk about today, which by the way, I have to say, Pastor Sam has been the coolest pastor I've ever worked with, for real. He's awesome. He's amazing. All the staff here at the church are incredible, and the youth helpers that are here, Carmen and Michael and the Frickies, incredible, incredible people. Um, so I wanted to say, many of, you, many of you here sitting here are very brave. Um, you did something new, you felt the call of God, you stepped out of your comfort zone, you took a step of faith. Do you know what it is that you did? You helped with Vacation Bible School. You did something amazing, amazing work. So congratulations to you in following Jesus. Um, you went where the Spirit led, and you served in new places, unexpected places for many of you. Um, this past week, I was serving alongside youth and chaperones at Pell City First United Methodist Church, which is where I'll be uh, in a couple of weeks, and we did a youth service week. You know, it's been a long tradition here to do youth service week. We've done that most summers for the past 15 years here. Um, and this summer is no different. We're getting ready to step into a youth service week. Um, and this is what I love about teenagers, though, right? Because when we say we're going to serve, they just show up. They don't need to know the schedule. They don't need to know where they're going to work each day. They just show up. Us as grown-ups, we get a little nervous, right? We get nervous. Uh, we don't know exactly where we'll be going, what we're going to be doing. I mean, with the youth, it's just like, hey, bring your Elvis suit, and we're going to, you know, we'll see what happens when you get here. When we had Teen Elvis several years ago, it was a hit. It was a hit at all the uh, nursing homes, things like that. With Pell City, we went to uh, visit mem homebound members of the church. We did a dance party at a daycare. We painted in An at Anniston, First United Methodist Church, in the United Way there. And by the way, Gadsden First, you're doing several of those things this Monday through Thursday as well. Um, like I said, the youth, they just show up. They're not scared to do any of those things. They don't need to know ahead of time what they're doing. But we as grown-ups get so nervous when Jesus asks us to follow and to serve. This scripture is Matthew 9, 9 through 13. I'm going to be reading from the Common English Bible, The Calling of Matthew. As Jesus continued from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at a kiosk for collecting taxes. He said to him, follow me. He got up and followed him. As Jesus sat down to eat in Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners joined Jesus and the disciples at the table. But when the Pharisees saw this, they said to the disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, but sick people do. Go and learn what it means. I want mercy and not sacrifice. I didn't come to call righteous people, but sinners. So I ask you, when we are called to follow Jesus, what are the excuses that we give? Um, one of the number one excuses we give is that we're a sinner, or we don't have our act together yet. And I ask you, in this scripture we just read of Matthew, what was Matthew doing when Jesus said, come follow me? Was Matthew out helping the poor? No. Was he taking care of the sick? Nope. Uh, was he being super holy and praying? No. He was sitting at a kiosk 
collecting taxes, collecting taxes. Many people didn't even like the tax collectors. They would have considered this guy a sinner. Um, They didn't like him. You see how the Pharisees speak about him in just a little bit. And what does Jesus say to Matthew? He says, follow me. He didn't say, Matthew, when you get all your stuff together, when you get your act right, follow me. He said, right now, as you are, come follow me. Um, Jesus says the same thing to us as well. Because I know sometimes somebody might say, can you lead Sunday school this Sunday? And you might say, I don't have my act together. If people only knew about me. But Jesus says, right now, you can serve on the mission team. You can, you can help out in the church. You can serve in the community. You don't have to have it all together. Jesus says to us, follow me. Um, but God, don't you know that I cuss sometimes or that I'm a jerk? I don't have it together. The Bible is filled with heroes in the faith who didn't have it together, people who just decide to follow Jesus as they are right where they are. The second excuse we give is that we are not qualified to serve. Have you guys ever said that one? I I use that one all the time. I tell this story quite often, but I can remember uh, being in licensing school to be a local licensed pastor in the United Methodist Church, and I looked around and I thought, I don't look, talk, sound like these people that are pastors. But you know what? I continue to follow Jesus. I tried to get out of it many a times. But that's the excuse we all give is we're not qualified. Was Matthew qualified to follow Jesus and be a disciple? Um, Matthew would have been the least likely person to follow this teacher rabbi. Um, He's a collector of taxes. Um, Jesus could have found somebody else, someone who studied scriptures day and night, um, someone who serves those in need. Now, Matthew would have been a smart guy, right? Um, he, would, he might have even spoken a couple different languages. He would have been smart, but to be a disciple of Jesus, somebody who's going to go and follow and teach and preach and heal people, um, he could have used that excuse that he wasn't qualified, but he didn't. He just went and followed, and we're encouraged to do the same. Excuse number three that we hear a lot is, what will people say if they see that I'm following Jesus, right? And oftentimes we'll say, what will my non-religious friends see, do if I am following Jesus? Will they think I've become a radical? Will they judge me? But in this scripture, it's actually quite different as to who judges Matthew. Verse 11 said, but when the Pharisees saw this, they said to the disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Sometimes the worst criticism, the harshest things people will say, come from the religious people. You aren't good enough, you aren't qualified, they will remind you of that. This is huge. And I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that when you follow what Jesus wants you to do, it's going to come without criticism. It'll come with tons of criticism. Some of the best faith leaders, world changers, public school teachers, people who have made a difference in the world in whatever occupation, There are people who took risks and had criticism. Same thing with following Jesus. When you truly follow what Jesus wants you to do, some people are going to think you're nuts. And that's okay. That's okay. Because I would much rather be at the table uh, with Jesus than be one of the people on the outside complaining about who Jesus is eating with. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you rather be sitting at the table with Jesus, following Jesus, then be one of those religious people worried about who Jesus is doing ministry with. 
So I'm going to read you now the Old Testament lectionary passage for today is also about following Jesus. It's about Abram and his family moving to Canaan. The Lord said to Abram, leave your land, your family, your father's household for the land that I will show to you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name uh, respected and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you, and, and the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. Abram left just as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he left for Haran. Abram took his wife, Sarah, his nephew Lot, and all of their possessions. So in this Old Testament passage, um, it's also about God calling and, and saying, follow me. Um, and this is the fourth excuse. What will we have to give up? Because Abram is leaving behind a lot. It says in the scripture, he is told to leave his land, some of his family, just get up and go. Get up and go. Matthew did the same thing, right? Matthew was at a, ta a tax collector's kiosk, and Jesus says, follow me. He didn't say, like, work here for a couple more weeks or do this or that. He just said, follow me right now. Get up, go. Um, so this is a big deal, right? Following Jesus will sometimes push us to unexpected places that God will say, follow me. Sometimes, even in following Jesus, um, after you're following for a while, Jesus will just want us to give up some things, maybe some bad habits, maybe some things that hold us down. I actually brought the youth from Pell City to Gadsden this week, and now the Gadsden youth this week, we're going to Anniston, all right? So when I brought kids from Pell City to this space, I gave them each a rock, right? Give them each a rock. You guys, Jacob, Jace, you guys are getting mad. You're getting rocks this week, all right? So um, what I told them to do with this rock is it represented things that stop us from moving forward in our lives. Bitterness, anger, hatred, a lot of stuff that holds us back, right? So these kids from out of town, they left these rocks in Gadsden, and it's not invited back to their hometown. Is it a perfect fix? No. But when they, when they start dwelling on those things, when it starts dragging them down, they can remind themselves, I left that in some town that has a waterfall and a lady named Nakalula, right? Youth from Gadsden will be able to say, I left my rock in Anniston and it's not invited to come back, right? When it creeps in, say, I left that somewhere else. We read this scripture. It's from Isaiah 43, 18 through 20. Don't remember the prior things. Don't ponder ancient history. Look, I'm doing a new thing. Now it sprouts up. Don't you recognize it? I'm making a way in the desert, paths in the wilderness. God is doing something new here with everybody here. If you have a rock, seriously, go on a drive. Leave it in ball play. I don't know. Leave it somewhere else. Take it outside of Gadsden, right? Those things that stop us from fully following Jesus um, those things that hold us back that we won't let go of. Let's let them go this week. Um, now, this, this last excuse that I will give you is fear of the unknown is what holds us back. Because when Abram is called to go out and follow God, it says, to a land I will show to you. There was no Zillow picture. There was no brochure. There was no, like, great vision where he saw it. It's, hey, follow me. I'll as we're on the journey, I will show you this land. That's terrifying, isn't it? And sometimes that's the way following God is. 
Matthew did not get a clear vision of what following Jesus would be in that moment. He didn't know that Jesus was going to be crucified. He didn't know that people were going to come after him. Had he known some of that stuff, he might have been leery to go, right? He might have been leery to go. Sometimes we have the fear of the unknown. Where is following Jesus going to take us? Um, but don't let us, that hold us back. Abram and Matthew, I'm sure, are very thankful that they followed and obeyed. But I ask each of us here, what is next for you personally in following Jesus? What is God leading you to? How is God saying, follow me to help these people here or that group over there? Or maybe is Jesus asking you to lay down a rock somewhere, right? Something that's holding you back from truly following Jesus that you just can't let go of. You're just wanting to go backwards instead of forwards. And I ask, what is God whispering to Gadsden First United Methodist Church? Maybe even asking, change some things or move this around or what could we do a little different? What is God saying when he says, follow me to this church? Do we have the faith to follow, to obey? We can't use these excuses anymore that we're too much of a sinner, that we're not qualified. We can't use the excuse of what will people say, because you know what, people are going to talk anyway, aren't they? No matter what. Um, the fear of giving something up, that's hard to do, but I bet you'll be thankful you did to follow Jesus. And fear of the unknown, we can't use those as excuses anymore. I give you these words, that Jesus is with each of us to hang on through the adventure. Uh, following Jesus will be a journey of surprises, unexpected blessings, um, and it'll be more than you ever expected. So don't fear and don't hold back. Jesus is with you. Let's pray. Loving God, I pray for all of us here that we will obey and follow, that we will follow you to unexpected places, that we will step into unexpected ministries, God, that we won't that we won't use excuses anymore. That whatever it is that your vision, your hope, the future for this congregation, God, that you will let it be so, that the people will be used to do it. Pray for all of us personally in our lives, that we will follow you in our personal lives. I pray that we won't hold back, that we will follow without fear. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand and...
don't know about you, but I'm excited to see where following Jesus will take all of y'all personally and where it will take this church personally. So let us go together and follow Jesus. Go in peace. And you can follow Jesus to get coffee out here too, right, Pastor Sam? It's fantastic.